Welcome to another trigger-proof transmission. We're talking about moms today. And, uh, yeah, it's a big one. This became very apparent to me over the last two weeks, watching my wife turn into a mother. And it's been very, like, as an observer, I've been watching and kind of taking it all in and kind of cross-referencing it with a lot of the client calls we have in our community and some of the conversations that I have with the clients that we work with. And I just was really inspired to write this trans uh, to do right to do this transmission. <clears throat> Let me know. Give me a hashtag replay. Let me know uh, what your biggest takeaways were. Um, this is a big conversation. I just posted in the group uh, this question uh, about your mother. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? This is the question that I just asked. And if you're just signing in right now, let me know where you're signing in from, where you're listening from. You can go and see this in the Trigger Proof Facebook group, <clears throat> this post, how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? I just posted this and we've had a bunch of responses and it's been oof, like, like a bunch of responses from people talking about their relationship with their mother. Some interesting observations and I was like, whoa, like let me give you an example. <clears throat> what relationship with my mother? Okay. My mom is my abuser, so unfortunately I don't want a relationship with her. Okay. One person, one of my friends, Farshad, he was like, my mom was a saint. No one can compare to her. Um, Mary Jo basically said, triggered. What's your relationship like with your mother? Triggered. Like my inner child is crying and flailing and screaming for a mom that isn't me. Like in the background of my mind, I'm constantly trying to soothe the, I want my mommy. Uh, I didn't used to listen or soothe. So it's progress. So I felt the need to speak up because I was feeling inside myself getting triggered by some of the responses. One who's from a coach who, you know, is pretty known for being um, like very awakened, conscious. And he basically said this. It was a, an interesting point. Um, he said, Dave, this is you, Dave, if you were watching. He said, I want all the happiness and joy in the world for her, and I want nothing to do with her. Interesting. So then my response to him was, okay, you want all the happiness and joy for her. Just looking at my wife, the way she's mothering our son, I know for a fact if Dominic ever got to the point where he just the amount of effort it takes to stay up at night, to give up your body, to, to watch your body completely change, to breastfeed, it's freaking painful. She's like, I've literally watched my wife cry, giving milk and feeding my son and watching her. And I'm just standing there holding space while she's crying, while she's feeding because it hurts so much. Right? And I'm looking at the lengths that a mother goes through to raise a child. And I'm just watching it, right? In order to make sure that you survive the first fucking six months. <laughs> like, we're literally like, holy crap, if we don't, if we fuck it up, this kid could die. Like, we, la we laugh about it, right? It's like, we got to keep this kid alive. It's so vulnerable. And I know for a fact, Dave, 
if it ever got to the point where Dominic said, I want nothing to do with you, mom. I want all the happiness in the world, but I want nothing to do with you. And you're, you're a coach. You're an awakened, conscious individual that Diana could never fully experience joy and happiness on this planet. What would you say to that? Do you still want her joy and happiness? Ah, oh, I want my mom's joy and happiness, all the joy in the world, as long as I don't have to feel uncomfortable in all of those unresolved emotions from my past. I don't want to feel them. I still am a little child who's a victim to my mother. Now, I'm not trying to point you out, Dave, because this is what I see constantly. And the reason why I got triggered when I saw it is because I had to look at myself. And this is how I felt for pretty much the first 43 years of my life. I had thought that I've done the work. I've done a bunch of Demartini collapses, uh, which is John Demartini's work. I'm a, I'm a disciple of John Demartini. I got all of my um, you know, most amazing awarenesses and awakenings thanks to his work. And I realized the, the limitations of it. So I kind of went another direction and now I have some pretty good clarity on you know what this whole healing game actually requires to say I've done the work and got over it <clears throat> yet still I can't be in the same room as another person indicates that there's an unhealed and unresolved wound and that's okay nobody's forcing you to heal it or deal with it I'm just curious to wondering when you have this type of reaction towards your mother, the thing that surprised me the most in the answers was the amount of joy that people would get out of their resentment towards their mother. It's like they're standing up to their mom as my son is crying right now and my, my wife is nursing and taking care of him. The amount of sacrifices that we see a mother can do now. Mothers aren't perfect. Mothers are human beings, just like you are. Mothers get triggered and they dissociate into unconsciousness, just like you do. Mothers are at the effect of their intergenerational traumas, just like you are. Mothers um, don't know how to regulate their nervous systems because they were never taught, just like you. So the goal of this transmission is to help awaken you to a blind spot. If you have an unresolved wound against your mother and you're taking sweet pride and laughter and joy in it, I want to call you forward into the exact thing that's happening with your life. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this right now, and it's probably going to upset maybe it might upset you it's not personal to you it's universal to all of us okay what's personal is universal and what i've discovered had me completely transform my the direction of my healing work two years ago after i broke up well i'm going to start by saying the the thing right now and here's what it is your relationship with your mother is akin to your relationship with life let me say that again. Your relationship with your mother right now as it is, I'm not blaming you and I'm not blaming mom. I'm just stating a fact if you can just look at it. Your relationship with your mother is equivalent to your relationship 
with life. Now your ego is not going to want to hear this. Your ego is now going to want to defend yourself and justify things to me and say, yeah, but she was a bitch. She hated me. She was this. She was that. And I believe you. I be I I'm not saying that you didn't go through a rough time with your mother. I, I, I don't disagree. And that must have been really hard. My heart goes out to you. I'm just saying, take a look at your life. Take a look at your health. Take a look at your relationship with life. In other words, do you feel strained in your relationship with your life? Are you constantly in fear and hiding? Are you fighting all the time in life? Your relationship with your mother, as it is right now, is akin to and equivalent to your relationship with life. What does that bring up for you? I'd like to know. Write in the comment section what comes up for you when I say that. And I'm not making you wrong, and I'm not even talking, I'm talking into a camera right now. So it's not about you per se, but it is about you. It's about all of us. It's about me. It's about everybody. <clears throat> and the more proud you are of your resistance and resentment, just notice how your relationship is with life. You're like angry all the time, angry and getting triggered constantly, feeling unsupported, <clears throat> feeling not seen, feeling not heard. Then you, with, with, with life, take a look at your relationship with your mother. Now, there's good news in this. I, I always, I tell the truth, and then even though it's uncomfortable, my job is to awaken you to this truth and then help point you to look in the right direction for what? For your healing, for your expansion, for your ability to be the creator of your life. Because here, Jasmine said even something there. <clears throat> she said in a comment, which was, um, I try to be exactly the opposite of her. Let me know if that resonates with you. Write in the comment section. I'd like to hear that. I try to do everything opposite as, uh, of mom. Okay, great. Then I'm going to point you out to something. Whether you're doing everything to please mom or you're doing everything to avoid being like mom and do want to be nothing like her and be completely the opposite of her, then I'm here to tell you that you're not the one in control of your life. That you are being run, like most of us, when we're asleep, by unconscious complexes. You cannot say that you are the author and creator of your life and designer of your life. That's really what the whole methodology and rationale behind becoming trigger-proof is. It's the idea that the triggers that you have in your body don't actually start from you. They don't even start from your mother and father. It's intergenerational, and it's not even your fault. It's not your fault. I'm not blaming the victim. I get accused of blaming the victim blaming a lot. Um, I'm not blaming the victim because it's not your fault. I'm saying it's not even your parents' fault. They, like you, were at the effect of their intergenerational traumas. So the question then comes up, with it, which is, so whose responsibility is it to fix it? Is it your mother's? Okay, great. How's that been working for you so far? How's that been? And so if you have this resentment, 
and you have this unresolved grief and you have this unresolved trauma and you're walking around with a little bit of pride that fuck you, I try to stay away from her, then I'm here to tell you there's a possibility that you have a rupture and a tear in your psyche. Don't be surprised. And these ruptures and tears in your psyche are the root cause of health issues, are the root cause of your depression, are the root cause of your anxiety, are the root cause of why you can't really maintain healthy boundaries in relationships. These tears in your psyche are the root cause that we have incorrectly blamed on people outside of us. And if we just stop blaming and stop trying to play the victim and take responsibility and say, okay, I see what's happened. It didn't start with me. It didn't start with my mom. It didn't start with my dad. It didn't start with my abuser. I am the product. I am at the effect of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with me, but it ends with me by taking responsibility for my healing of my attachment wounds. Because here's the truth. There is a fracture in your psyche and I, I, you can defend me, you can defend yourself and say, yeah, but no, I'm better off. And, and, and I hear this constantly. That's why I don't work with all the people who reach out. You know, I'm having these problems in my relationship with my, with my partner. We're getting a divorce. Okay, great. Can you fix the marriage? No, no, we're just going to work on you with your attachment traumas, your attachment wounds. We're going to work on that. No, but I don't want to talk to, I don't want to talk about my mother. I want to talk, I don't, I don't talk to my mother. It's about my partner. And I'm like, no, you're not getting it. It's about you and the relationship with your mother because the relationship that you're having with your mother at this moment in time is your relationship with life. And this is your life. This is your life. You can sit here and hold on to this resentment as long as you wish. And I'm not going to get in the way of you doing that. If that meets your needs to hold on to that resentment, if it meets your needs to be of control and domination, have at it. If it meets your needs of being important, look at me. I'm, you know, self-sufficient. Fuck you, mom. Gives your needs of significance. Okay, great. Have at it. If it meets your needs of... Um, uncertainty and drama because you want to stir it up and drama and adventure and you want to create a challenge have at it I know that game I played that game for 40 years deliberately hating on my parents telling the story that they're against me they don't support me all to support the narrative of me having a challenge creating a drama creating an adversary out of somebody who truly wasn't an adversary. I made her to be my adversary so that I could feel significant and rebel. The rebellion is like I got high off of that. That's fine. If that's the game you're playing unconsciously, you might not be able to see it. It takes some deep inner work and somebody to fucking hold a mirror and go, Nima, take a look at what you're doing while you're choosing to hold on to the resentment. If you really want to call yourself out, here's what you do. You write this sentence out and fill it and fill it. And I challenge you, if you're listening, I challenge you to write this. If you're willing to be brave, because this is what we do in our programs. We expose the game, the little racket we're playing in the background. Okay, so finish this sentence. I choose to hold on to my resentment towards my mother because. Let me say that again. I am choosing 
to hold it. Write that down, please. And I'd love for you to finish that sentence if you're willing to tell the truth. Because the truth will set us free, but first it'll piss us off. And you might want to say, fuck you, Nima, and I get that a lot. And that's okay, because my number one priority is healing. Everything that I speak of, everything that I guide people through is healing, despite the fact that humans with our egos will do everything we can to block healing because we're going to do everything we can to block love. Essentially, why I choose to hold on to my resentment towards my mother was because it blocked the pain of the rejection that I felt. It helped to create a buffer for not feeling seen and heard. Okay, and I'm not alone in that. That's probably something you might even resonate with. But it, I was in this space in my life after another breakup, another divorce, like a divorce, a breakup that was like a divorce. We were together longer than my marriage. It was like a catastrophe. And I had to be like, holy shit, I, I am replaying these patterns because of my resentment towards my mother. I'm replaying these patterns with women in my relationships because of my resentment towards my mother. You know, my relationship with my mother, which was tumultuous, not seen, a uphill battle, was my relationship with life. And so I decided to change that and I did the unthinkable. And this is where the whole trigger proof concept came from was that I actually moved back in with my parents at the age of 43 I put this place up on Airbnb this is my my home our home we put it up on Airbnb and I moved in with my parents because I really wanted to get a, a firm handle on what that was and it wasn't easy it's not done just with journaling it takes some deep 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 inner work to be able to uncover those and resolve them and what I discovered was huge was that my relationship with my mother was impacting every other relationship with my life. And the resentment that I felt and I bypassing that I did, was, which was, I don't want to deal with it, I try to avoid, which is cognitive bypassing, because you don't want to, you want to avoid feelings of rejection, because you want to avoid feelings of not being seen and not being heard. Because emotionally, there was not a, any attunement because of a mother who was dissociated, kind of like you are right now possibly. Most people are. Most people that I talk to, they haven't really healed their attachment wounds. Most people. You can feel it when someone has. There's a presence about them. There's a playfulness about them. There's an authenticity about them. They don't hide from the truth. They can look you in the eye. They're feeling safe in their body. There's a relaxed kind of feeling towards them. They're not overweight and obese because they're creating some sort of a safety from a trauma that they've gone through that they haven't feel uh, healed from. In other words, your your how do you tell when somebody's healed their emotional wounds? Well, you can see it in their body. You can feel it in their voice. You see it like it there's a quality about them that has you understanding that they they have a safety feeling. I can see it now. Those of us who've done that can feel it in other people. It's like a three-dimensional sense of life. That's, what that's what's available to you if you're ready to tell the truth and say, the reason why I choose to hold on to my resentment towards my mother is, and then tell the truth. Because on the other side of that is a choice. 
the only way that you're going to choose to heal is by seeing that holding on to this resentment is worse than the pain and the fear involved in learning how to let it go, in learning how to heal. You have two options, resentment or the fear of letting it go. But the problem is if you've been holding on to this resentment towards your mother and it's such an identity, which you can tell, just reread that, that, that thread. Just go ahead and reread that thread. Uh, here it is. Reread this thread. And, and what you can do, what I invite you to do is to look up and feel and have a sense. Don't just read the words. Feel the words. You can feel the words even though it's like I can actually see through the feeling of it. And decide, okay, holding on to this resentment is meeting some of my needs. I get to be important. I get to dominate because I felt so powerless. I don't know how to handle my triggers, so I avoid. I'm powerless, so me pushing away my mother is my one way of regaining power. Okay, great. Just call it out. Just tell the truth. That's the first thing that I, I, I am inviting you to do. Step number one. Okay? The reason why I choose to hold on to my resentment towards my parents is. Great. Finish that sentence. I'd love to see it if you're courageous enough. Now, you haven't signed up to do the work, so I don't really expect you to. This isn't like counseling, going and talking shit about your mother every week, really for 20 years. Doesn't really help you, you very much. Helps your therapist to have a business model that has you constantly stuck in a victim state. But what we do is a little different. We get you to go, okay, are you ready to produce some results in your life, results in your health, results in your relationships, results in business? Okay, great. Then we got to start to call ourselves out. So why I choose to hold on to my resentment towards my mother is blank. Now, if you can be real with it, it's going to hurt. The answer must hurt. <laughs> That's how you know you're healing because there's pain involved. It's like, oh, it's painful. Step number one. Step number two. What's been the impact of me holding on to this resentment? You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. What's been the impact to my health? What's been, been the impact of my mental health and well-being?
what's been the impact of my relationships. I realized this resentment that I was choosing to hold on to with my mother. Choosing why? Because in order to heal it, I'd have to face it and talk, talk things through with myself and with her. And I'd rather just hate her, to be, to be truthfully honest, and to go and just try to numb myself with other women to try to compensate for that incomplete with my mother. But what's it, what was it caught? But at what cost? I'm 43 years old and I don't know how to have a healthy relationship with a woman. I don't have a healthy relationship with a woman. I don't love what I do. I feel like a fraud when I'm speaking. I have anxiety constantly. These are the costs of this unresolved wound and resentment. So what, I'm real, what I realized was I was choosing this pain, excuse me, I was choosing this unresolved resentment because I didn't want to choose the pain involved and the fear involved and the responsibility that it took to heal that. I just wanted to justify everything and blame my mother, which Monique just wrote there is, is when all else fails, just blame your mother. <laughs> and so I'm just watching Diana raise this child and just hearing some of the conversation in that thread about what was your mother like. And even Dave's, I was shocked when I saw Dave's. I want all the happiness and joy in the world for her. And I want nothing to do with her. Yeah, but what if you realize that her happiness and joy was dependent on a healthy relationship with your son? Are you willing to become that much of a functional adult and give her that? <clears throat> no, I don't want to. That's her job. Yeah, but here's the problem. Here's the problem when you still want to hold on to your victim story about your mother. Now, I'm not saying that what you went through was easy. I'm not saying what you went through was fair. It should never have happened. In an ideal world, everybody, like your mother, <clears throat> especially your mother, when you were a child or even before you were born, would have said, you know what, I want to bring a child into this world and I realize that my needs are going to have to be put aside sometimes so that I can make sure that my child is safe and looked after emotionally too. So I, my number one priority is to make sure that that child has an emotional support system that's healthy. So I'm going to take the time and I'm going to confront all of my demons from my mother and father. And I'm going to heal those. And I'm going to really come to terms and get complete with all these open loops in my life so that I can give my child an undivided attention. What would that have been like for you if your mother took the time to do that? Now, she didn't. Okay. She didn't. Now what? We now are faced with a choice and a responsibility. Either we continue our little victim story about mom, who had no agency, no awareness, completely unconscious parenting, and we can now, in this time of COVID, because we now understand neuroscience, we now understand the importance of uh, the, the nervous system and attachment styles in child rearing. And we can now take on the work and take on the responsibility of healing those cycles. 
because our mothers aren't going to do it for us. I, I realized that two years ago. I moved back in with my parents. Long story short, I went through the five shifts that I now talk about uh, in healing from attachment wounds. And now I've been able to go from a victim going in the same patterns with my relationships, getting into the same arguments again and again and again, getting triggered by the same shit, making my world smaller and smaller, creating a, keeping this lack of safety in my body, I was able to then transform into the kind of person that feels confident in himself, is okay with, you know, the parts of him he used to be ashamed of. And now the greatest accomplishment that I've ever achieved in my life, and I've achieved some really cool stuff in my career, but the greatest accomplishment I've ever achieved is my relationship with Diana that I've been able to create a secure attached bond with her. And then a gift from God shows up, Dominic. Dominic comes into our life. And now my approach to parenting at 44 is so different than what it would have been at 20, 24 or 34 even. I now understand that my responsibility as a father is to make sure that he feels emotional attunement from me and he feels safe, loved, seen, no matter what. Not as a doll that is for my use as a tool for my own ego. I realized this when I started doing this work was that the reason why likely that there's such this pattern of intergenerational trauma and and hatred towards mom that that you might be experiencing is this what i what we call the defective doll syndrome defective doll like think about it if i have a child like we really have to look at the intentions behind having children so what was what was your mother and father what was your mother's intention behind having a child you never know it could have been she didn't feel safe in her relationship and wanted to get pregnant so that she could make sure that she had safety maybe to lock him in for the long term does that not happen absolutely it does the problem is now the child is born as a tool to get the needs of the mother met okay it could be you felt lonely and you felt insignificant. So I just want a child, a baby, because I just want someone to need me because of my own insignificance. So the child then becomes a tool for the ego of the parent. And guess what happens when the child hits teenage years and then says, fuck you, mom, I don't love you. You're the worst. This child is designed to challenge your inauthentic inauthentic intentions and all of a sudden turns around and says I hate you mom as a teenager and now the very reason why you had this child was to fulfill a need for yourself to of significance all of a sudden gets challenged and now you struggle with depression as a mother you're you're the one that has the child that says I don't want to fucking talk to you and this is what happens every single day I don't know what you're your mother's intention was of having you who knows I don't know well just really ask what is my intention behind having a child
Seldom is it because of an expression of love between two people. That would be ideal. You know, I'm super duper lucky. People are like, are you ever going to get married and have kids? I'm like, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just so inspired by what I do. And then I met Diana. And it was like, holy crap, this is a person, I, this is a forever type of person. But I was still a little boy not really wanting to commit. And then all of a sudden we discover, I get this, I'm in San Diego at Alex J. Moscow's event. And I'm doing a FaceTime call with Diana. And she says, hey, you're going to be a daddy. And she and I, I made this face like, and then she screen captured the image. She screen captured my face when she told me. I'll share it one time in a post for you. And in that moment, I was like, yes, I now have be like I wasn't ready at the time, but I decided, I chose in that moment that I'm going to be the kind of person that can be an amazing emotional attunement uh, support for a child and a wife. And now we're raising this child not as a doll, as a doll to fill our needs, but as a gift who we're here to learn from and to help, the, help him develop as much self-confidence and trust in his in own inner guidance as possible. And I'm really, and I'm grateful that I waited to this long because the majority of the time people choose to have children it's not for that reason it's because the child is a doll to meet my needs and then what happens is you find out very quickly that that child gives doesn't give two fucks about your needs <laughs> it's got needs of his own <laughs> in fact your work is to be able to my work as a dad is to be able to uh what's the word I'm looking for, to become resilient and adapt my needs to be able to make sure he gets his needs met. Am I ready for that? I don't know. I'm just learning as I go. I'm up for the adventure. And I've taken it on, and I'm really super stoked about it. I just feel for most human beings that didn't have that experience growing up as a child. Because... Who knows what the intentions were of your parents of having children? Who knows? Often it was to meet the egoic needs of themselves as an extension of themselves and their own value and their own worth. Now, if that happened, I'm sorry. And you're not alone. And it sucks. And there's a part of you that, that's, that's true that no matter what, deeply wants to love your mother. Deeply, even though you have put up walls around you. I'm going to say this. I'm going to look, look into your eyes right now. I'm going to come into the camera and I'm going to say it because I'm talking to you. There's a part of you that deeply desires connection with your mother. That part of you, you've silenced if you have hatred towards her. And when you silence it and you push it away, I, Mary Jo, this was the conversation, it then, the, the resentment and the resistance you feel, yet still having this part that loves her, it must feel completely like your existence is torn in two. I actually made a comment about that. I actually told her, I said, um, this is what Mary Jo said. She said, I'm triggered, like my inner child is crying and flailing and screaming for a mom that isn't me. Like in the background of my mind, I'm constantly trying to soothe them. I want mom. 
I want my mommy. And I told her, I said, it must feel like you're at war with yourself constantly. She said, absolutely. And that's what I mean. What I mean is there's a part of you that deeply wants your mother. And you've probably just silenced that part because it's too painful. But it's there. And then the other part that's like, fuck mom, I don't give a shit about her. And so these two parts that are not working together cause a fracture in our psyche that causes anxiety, that causes, inco that causes um, insecure attachments. You show up as super needy. You might say, fuck that, I don't want that. But then you'll transfer it over into your relationship and show up super needy like a little child, like a needy little child in relationships. In other words, you can keep pushing it aside. You can keep throwing pride for all of your hatred. I never want to speak to her again. I refuse. And, and, and you, t you take such great pride in your resentment. That's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to just stay that course, but at what cost? because there's a part of you that deeply wants connection. And I'm here, I'm proposing that unless you get complete with that part, you can never be whole and complete in life because your relationship with your mother is your relationship with life. And your responsibility as a human being, as part of your responsibility, we all, by saying you, because it's me too, is to heal those wounds. Because if I don't, I'm going to constantly be looking outside of me to do it. I've been doing it for the first half of my life. It didn't work. And so I shifted that awareness. I started looking at that and going, oh my God, my relationship with my mother is my relationship with, my, with life. I shifted it. I said, what kind of a life do I want to lead? I'm middle-aged. I have 45, 50 years left. How do I want those years to be? I want to be doing what I love with whom I love, where I love. And I want to be surrounded by love. And cheesy as this sounds, your only way out is love. Love is your only way out. This whole coronavirus, COVID stuff, your only way out is love. And it's hard because it's so much easier to hate and resent. Because loving takes you being able to look at parts of yourself, that part that really wants your mommy, and really giving that part of you some space to breathe and some healing. Because what you likely have been doing has been stuffing that part of you aside at the cost of your health, your relationships, your self-confidence, and your entire life. Because your relationship with that part of you is your relationship with life. Let me know what came up for you in this, uh, in this call. Sorry if it bothered you. Not sorry. I'm here to wake you up. Not here to become your best friend. However, when you take part and you actually do Take the, take the step and do the work. You start to see how, how much of an intent that I have, how much of a healing intent that I do have for the, the trainings that I have. It's not for supporting your victim story. I get it. It was difficult. It was for you to grow up and to stop the, stop the cycle of intergenerational trauma. Your life is at stake. Everyone's life is at stake. Your family, your future family, your body is at stake. Your life is at stake because your relationship with your mother is your relationship with your life. Namaste. See you at the next perfect time.